Amen. Y'all good? Everybody have a good Christmas. Did anybody have a bad Christmas? Well, that's great. Everybody had a good Christmas. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for good Christmases. Oh. Well, those are good words that were given, weren't they? Lord, we just declare your goodness, Lord, your faithfulness. Oh, thank you, Lord. I'm just killing time right now because I'm nervous for some reason. I don't usually get nervous, especially if I already preached one time this morning. You think you get used to doing some things, but some things you never really get used to. So, yeah. Did you get nervous for leading worship, Andy? Can y'all believe Andy actually gets nervous for leading worship sometimes? <laughs> Every Sunday, amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, here's what I want to talk about today. I'll just go ahead and tell you the, the whole mess I can tell you in one sentence. Is what I want to do is try to help you... Uh, to understand, understand spiritual things, okay? That's, that's the goal of what I want to share is to show you what the Bible says about understanding spiritual things, like, for instance, how to understand the Bible. That would be sort of, a, how many people, there's stuff in the Bible that you don't understand. Anybody have that problem? Like uh, everybody. <laughs> it's full of stuff I don't understand. But God really wants us to understand. God speaks to us many times. He does speak mysteries, Right? And God really wants, but God wants us to understand. And the Bible, I have discovered something in the Scripture. Uh, it tells us how to understand. The Bible tells us how to understand Him when He speaks to us and how to understand spiritual things. So that's, that's what I'm going to talk about. And uh, I think this is the best way to end this year on messages given to the church. Uh, let me read Luke 24:45. Uh, it says, Then He opened their minds... To understand the scriptures. You should have that verse memorized by now if you come to this church. Because I have preached on it so many times. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Actually, Luke 24 is one of my favorite chapters. John 14 is another favorite. And uh, Luke 15 is also another favorite. Uh, Dismissed the kids. They already dismissed, Marlon. Huh? Oh, they weren't? Okay. Anyway, dismissed the kids. That's another favorite. (laughs) I, I just have lots of favorite things that God talks to me through all the time. And most of, them of these are favorites because God has given me revelation on them. And He's really given me a lot of revelation in Luke 24 uh, about opening our minds to understand the Scriptures. That's something God wants us to do. He, that's what a renewed mind is. Romans 12, 1 and 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's how our lives are changed by our minds being renewed by the Lord. And so, so God wants to give us ability, He's given us the ability to understand spiritual things. Okay? We, every one of us in this room have that ability. It's in us. It's not something you've got to grasp for. You can understand mysteries. You can understand the, the, the secrets of the Lord. And the Lord wants to release that to people. So one of the things a few years ago the Lord really helped me with is, is the parable of the sower, where he specifically, you know, we always talk about there's four kinds of people, and the parable of the sower show us the four types of people, and we all think of ourselves or want to be the last one, right, the good soil, where the seed fell on good soil and we produced a lot of fruit. But I'll be honest with you, most of us are still stuck on that first one. 
You know, most of the, most Christians that I know are stuck at that first first one in, in this, uh, Matthew thirteen three through four. It says he, he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, "Behold, the sower went out to sow, and he, as he sowed, some seeds." fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. That's where most of us are, is right there. Is, is the word of the Lord, the mysteries of heaven, the revelation of God has come into our life, but it's fallen by the wayside, and the enemy's taken it away from us. Okay, so, but then Jesus goes on and begins to explain how to keep the enemy from taking the things that God reveals to you away from you. He, the Lord really shows us how to do that, and I want to, that's what I want to try to show you. Uh, in verse 10 of Matthew 13, it says, Disciples came to him and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? In other words, I'm not going to talk to you about the parable, the other. I just want to talk to you about this one. Why do you speak to them in parables? Jesus answered, To you it has been granted. See that? To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Now, when you read a verse like that, you should... You should really lay hold of that. That's something you should say, that is, that's for me. God has granted something to me. God has given me. He's granted me the ability to know mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. And they really are mysteries. They're not something that you can learn or figure out with your natural mind. They're mysteries. They're something that has to be revealed to you. And God wants to reveal these mysteries to, to people. He's looking for people he can share the, the mysteries with. Anybody here like mysteries? You know, things to discover. Well, that's really what he, he wants. So he's granted us that. Uh, but to them, to them, it has not been granted. That's people who are not a part of the kingdom. For whoever has... Now, this verse 12 is really important. For whoever has, to, to him more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. I mean, that's really a law in the spiritual world right there. And the law is this. In the spiritual world, like attracts like. The more revelation you have, the more revelation you're going to get. Okay? Because in the spiritual world, uh, the, the angels, the Holy Spirit, are, they, they are attracted to the, to the things of God. So when you have the things of God, the aroma of Christ, when they see that, when the angelic beings... When the Holy Spirit sees that aroma of Christ in you, He's attracted to you. But on the other end of the spectrum, the demons are also attracted to demonic stuff, like unforgiveness or any type of sin, bitterness, gossip, all those things. Those things attract more of the devil into your life. Now, that's just the way, that's a law of the spiritual world. And that's, so what we need to learn is learn that law. And this, this law is really important in, in what I'm going to talk about is, is if you want to really walk in revelation, if you really want to walk in the mysteries of God, if you really want to, to, to have these things and really have a true understanding of them, you have to realize that you will, if you take what you have and, and begin to implement it, you will gain more and more and more. Okay, because it's all called, you know, the law of, of sowing and reaping, the law of increase, all those kind of spiritual laws that work. If God gives you something, He's looking for that law of faithfulness in you if you're using what He's given you. So all those are sort of important things about that. But let me go on here. Y'all good? Y'all don't sound good. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because while seeing they do not see, and while hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Everybody say understand. 
See, that's the key right there. In, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, You will keep on hearing, but you will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but you will not perceive. For the heart of this people has become dull. With their eyes they scarcely hear, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they would see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and return, and I would heal them. Now notice the word there, understand with what? Hearts. You see, that's really the first key. If you really want to begin to really gain spiritual understanding, it starts with your heart. Okay? That's, that's really the place it has to start with. It can't start with your mind. It, because that's the last place it's revealed to. Your natural understanding, your intellect, that's the last place that God wants to talk to you. God wants to reveal that to you. But you had to start, you had to begin... With the heart. You have to understand with the heart. So what we're talking about here is not understanding with your intellect. It's understanding with this thing called the heart of man, the center of man, the very center of who we are. Um, it says it's been granted to know, and it's been granted to us to understand with our hearts. Okay? Um, the mind, let me just show you this because this is, this is really key. The mind that we have that God's given us is the door. Okay, it's just like right here with this door. Everybody in this room can see this door. This door is simply open. And when I open this door, there's a, a whole other atmosphere here than in here. Okay, the temperature is different and everything's different. And when you open, the, the, open this door, the atmosphere out here is beginning to come in here. If you stand right here, you can feel the atmosphere outside in the room. That's really how the spiritual world works. That's, that's, what your, that's your mind's portion. When he says... When Jesus said he opened their minds, that's what he did. He opened the door. That's the door that it opens for this other atmosphere, this other world to begin to come into your life. And it comes, the place it comes is into your heart. It comes from your spirit into your heart. But your mind is the thing that allows it there. Are y'all following this? Okay? So that's the first key is your, your spiritual understanding is from the heart. The mind has to be open to allow it to come. That's why the first thing Jesus said when he began to preach is repent, change your mind. That was the first thing, change your mind for the kingdom's here. That's what repent means. It means change your mind. However you're thinking, change it. Because there's another world right here. And if you can see that other world, if you'll change your mind. Okay? So uh, then we'll just go on and read um, verse 15. Or in verse 15 it says their hearts, in the New American Standard it says, for the heart of this people has become dull. That word dull there means hard. Okay? That's what it means. The heart of this people has become hard. All righty? So, the, in other words, for you to have spiritual understanding, you've got to realize your heart, if it's hard for any reasons, and, and I'm, in a little bit we'll talk about the reasons your heart can get hard, but if your heart is hard, you will not be able to understand, you're not be able to receive revelation from heaven. Okay? So, because it's, it's what's happening is the Lord is, come here, Marlon, it's, it's like this in the parable of the sower. It's like God is throwing seed out. He's throwing seed out right now in this room, right now. Okay, but here's what's happening to a lot of people. It's banging into your heart. <laughs> Marlon's a big boy. He can take it. It's banging in your heart, and it just falls back down, okay? And that's, that's really what's happening to us. And that's what's happening to us constantly. God is constantly speaking. God is constantly re releasing information from heaven. And it's just hitting up against these hard hearts of ours. And we're not connecting with the Lord. We're not connecting with the spiritual realm. Everybody give Marlon a big hand. He's a good guy. 
So a renewed mind begins with a surrendered heart. It begins with a soft heart. If when we recognize the Lord, Lord, my heart's gotten hard. And I acknowledge you, I have a hard heart. And you know when you have a hard heart. Everyone else in this room, we know when our heart's hard. We know when things are not touching us. We know when spiritual things are really not that important to us. That's an indication of a hard heart. When everything else is more important to you. See, your heart's the center of who you are. It's the thing that determines what... Ask yourself what's important to you right now. What's attracting you right now? What do you, what do you like to think about? What are you pursuing more in your life right now? It's, it's because of the passions and desires of your heart. And if, and if that place is hard, it ain't, it's not going to be spiritual things. So that's how you know if you have a hard heart. Let's read this. Uh, well, I want to remind you in Luke 24, the first thing when, when, in, back in that story when Jesus talked to those guys on the road to Emmaus, they said, wasn't our heart burning within us as he spoke to us on the road to Emmaus? Remember that. You know what he was doing when he was speaking to us? He was softening their hearts. He was, going, he was speaking in their hearts, trying to release softening into their hearts so that later that he could open up their mind. Okay, he was softening them up so they could begin to receive from him. It's really important. Now, let's read this Matthew 13, or not Matthew 13, uh, um, Mark, sorry. I want to re- jump over to Mark 6, 51 through 52. This is the story. This is going to be our miracle for next year. Okay, we need a miracle. Anybody need a miracle in here? Well, I, I picked out a miracle from the Bible. Okay, that I feel like God wanted us to have next year is, is a miracle for us. And it's the feeding of the 5,000. Okay, the feeding of the 5,000. You remember the story. They, they were in a situation, and people were there, and, you know, they were, the disciples were tired. Everybody was tired, and, you know, move them on. we got to go. We're out in the middle of nowhere, and they need to be fed. And, and Jesus says, what do you have here? There were 5,000 people there, and we have, was it five loaves and two fishes or something like that? That's what Jesus asked him. What do you got? Okay, now I'm going to tell you that's a question. God's going to be asking people, what do you got? And they said, well, we've got five loaves and two fish, but what is that amongst so many? And so he said, give them to me. And he took, took them and blessed them. And then he put them back in the disciples' hands, the, the five loaves and two fish. After he blessed it, put them back in the disciples' hands, and they began to hand out those five loaves and two fishes. And 5,000 men... Men, I mean, there was probably women and children there, but it says men. I mean, that's pretty big. We can just stick with the 5,000. There were probably more thousands there than that. Were fed. And they had even had leftovers. Okay? That's pretty powerful, isn't it? And it all started with, what do you have? Okay? And remember, the disciples were, were involved in this miracle, so that's a real important key. But here's what happened. Once they did all that, everybody fed, everybody had salt, you know, got full of food, and they took it all up. Then the Lord dismissed everybody. And the Lord told the disciples to get in the boat and go to the other side. That's what he told them. Go to the other side. And he went up on the mountain to pray. He went to, he went to spend time with the Lord. And, and, but he, and so about 3 o'clock in the morning, it's actually 3 to 6 a.m. It didn't tell us exactly when. But about that time, he was seeing, and I believe, it doesn't really say that Jesus was standing on the shore. I believe Jesus was up there with the Father, and he saw them in the spirit world and saw what was going on with them. And it says they were rowing against the, the wind. They weren't getting anywhere. And so he decided to come down there where they were at. And he says he walked on the water. Okay? And, he, and, and, and they saw him and they got scared. Okay? They were frightened that, about Jesus. They thought it was a ghost. They thought they were seeing things. Okay? And then he got into the boat with them. And this is what it says in, in uh, uh, Mark 6. Then he got in the boat with them and the wind stopped. Everything stops when the Lord shows up, anything, any adversity. 
And they were utterly astonished. Is what is utterly astonished. I mean, they were amazed beyond measure. For they had not, now listen to this, for they had not gained any insight or any understanding from the incident of the loaves, but their hearts was what? Hardened. In other words, here's Jesus. He did this tremendous miracle right in front of their eyes. And he put them into another situation, okay? I mean, right after that, and they didn't get, they didn't get the revelation. They didn't get the understanding because they had hard hearts. It, it didn't penetrate them. In other words, you and I can be, we can hear the best teaching. We can see God move. We can see God heal people. We can be healed ourselves, but still miss everything that the Lord had for us in it. Everything. Just like them. Just like the children of Israel. Right? They saw the miracles of God. They saw the power of God. They were around it, but it didn't do them any good. The Bible says they all died out there in the wilderness. And that's what's wrong with a lot of us. Is we've seen God do things. We've seen the breakthroughs. Marlon had a breakthrough. But let me ask you a question. Did Marlon, I'm just speaking on Marlon, did Marlon get what God really wanted him to get out of that thing besides some three pairs of shoes for a cheap price? Which is nice, really, you know. I'll take the three pairs of shoes for cheap. But I want something else. I want something spiritual. Did he get? Something from heaven that God really meant for him to get besides the shoes. Because see, God meant for them to get something. But because their hearts were hardened, they didn't get it. You see what I'm saying? You see how important your heart is? Do you? Do you see how you really need to be act, looking at your heart and saying, Lord, please soften my heart? When you, when you realize in your heart there's no passion in your heart for God, there's, no, you know, there's a passion for something else. There's not those godly desires in you, and there's not this fire in you to go after God and the things of God. Do you realize that's when you really know that something's wrong with me? I'm missing a lot more than I realize. Okay. So, uh, also I wanted to mention about you want to get the Lord mad. You know how to make the Lord mad? It says in Mark 3, 5, after looking around at them with anger, grieved at the hardness of their heart. It grieves the Lord. It causes the Lord anger when our hearts are hard. I don't believe he gets angry on a personal level with us about our hard hearts, he's angry because he realizes this is cutting them off. This is cutting them off from the spiritual world. Their hard heart is cutting them off. It's cutting them off. And a lot of us are cut off today from the spiritual world. You don't, you're not getting the spiritual world, and your problem starts right here with your heart. Okay, now let's go back to... to are y'all good? Let's go back to Matthew 13, and let's read how Jesus explained the parable. Uh, of the sower. Uh, verse 18. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, okay, get that, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown where? In the heart. The evil one comes and snatches away, steals away what God, the mystery of the kingdom that was released, the enemy's there, and, was, and snatches it away. This is the one on whom the seed was sown beside the road. Okay? So, the enemy is going to use any means he can, and he is using every, any and every means he can to keep your heart hard. Because he knows if you have a hard heart, he can take, he can steal from you. He can rob you blind. He can rob you blind. And that's what's happening with a lot of people. They're being robbed blind. They go to church... 
and they see things, they hear things, they're being counseled to their blue place, but nothing changes in their life. Nothing. Their heart's hard. They're not receiving it because the seed's just hitting and falling, hitting and falling, hitting and falling. They may have some mental comprehension of it. Okay? Um, now, let me just say this about hard hearts. Hard hearts are not always because of sin. Okay? Hard hearts, a lot of times are caused because, especially people who really are really giving, giving their all to God. They're serving God. They're going after God with all their heart. A lot of people like that fall, get their hearts get hard. Because one of the places in the Scripture where it talks about hard hearts, it talks about calloused from working. In other words, if you are a person who's really serving the Lord, giving it in, in whatever capacity, you're giving it. You're living out of your heart, and you're going after God with your heart. You are serving God with your heart. Your heart's going to get callous. That's why Jesus would slip off and just slip away, you know, in those, in those little mini sabbaticals that he would take to get away from everybody, go be in the presence of God, go lay up on the mountain. That's what he would do. Y'all know that, don't you? Jesus would go up there and soak, okay, on the mountaintop, and just be in the presence of God. That's why soaking is important, because when you soak, you're allowing the Spirit of God to come on your heart and soften your heart again. Because you're, you're, you're giving out of your heart, and your heart is, is starting to get bound up with calluses like your hands do. Now, one thing I learned recently is this. If you have an iPhone, okay? How many people have iPhones? A couple people. The rest of y'all don't have real phones. <laughs> you can get on YouTube on your iPhone and soak. You got soaking music on there. I'm telling you. Just type in soaking, type in live soaking, and you can connect in some revival meetings where they're just soaking up in Toronto or different places. And uh, so yesterday, Becky was, I took Becky to Belk's exit 18. I was out in the car. I just got my little uh, Kimberly and Alberto Rivera music on sitting there in the car. I just soaked out there in the car for 20-something minutes. That's how long it took her to go in and do an exchange. Well, let me tell you what happens. It's an opportunity for the Lord to come and touch you. See, we can do that kind of stuff. We don't realize instead of sitting there fumbling in the car, daydreaming, or, you know, looking at people and walking by, you know, all that kind of stuff you do, wishing, why is it taking her so long to change pants? I could do it in three minutes. And then I find out it's because she comes out with another bag. <laughs> oh, I, I bought these, even though they cost twice as much. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she was giving me more time to soak. So that's what Jesus was doing. He was, I just put my plug in for soaking. I'm a big believer in soaking. And why am I a big believer in soaking? When I get in trouble spiritually, that's one of the first things I go do. Because I realize I'm in trouble. My heart's getting hard. I need to get still. I need to be still with God and let God just touch me. And it, you don't have to go and spend hours doing it. You can do it in minutes. Okay? You can do it in three minutes on your lunch break. Because God will meet you where you're at. But it does keep your heart soft, and when your heart's soft, then you can receive from God. Then you can connect with the spiritual world. Right? Then you can hear the Father's voice. Then you can see things spiritually. You can get revelation. All right, here's the key. All right, I wanted to uh, define this word understanding. Let's, when in, are y'all good? When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it. See, the hearing is not the problem here. Okay? The hearing is not the problem. It's the understanding. People are hearing stuff, but they're not understanding it. And when they don't understand it, the enemy can take it. Okay? So I wanted to define what understanding means. And this is a funky definition at first. 
uh, it, it literally means, in the Greek, it means to put together. Okay, and, and when I first read it, I was like, well, we'll put what together? Well, I mean, what are we talking about here? But, but this is what it means. It means this. It means the word of the kingdom, which is the revelation, the thing that God's revealing to your life, okay? It's that and you've got to put it with something to really understand it. And the putting it with something is with actions. It's with doing it. You've got to do something with it. That's, so let me just tell you something. This is the biblical understanding. The biblical understanding of understanding is this. It's getting something from heaven and it's doing something with what you get. If you don't do something with it, you're going to lose it. Because you don't really understand. Now, this is really what he's saying here. This is what's really happening to these people. And this is what's really happening to you and me over and over and over. We're getting stuff from heaven, but we're really not doing anything with it. And when we don't, the enemy's sitting back, waiting and watching. The Bible says in Jeremiah, I think it's Jeremiah 1.12, the Lord's watching over his word to perform it in your life. It says that, Right? He's doing that. He's watching over. He's released that word, and he wants a vessel that can really receive it so he can use that word and do something that word. Well, the devil's sitting back watching also. Whenever God speaks to you, whenever God reveals something to you, the devil's sitting back watching you, carefully watching you, intently watching you to see if you're going to do something with that. And if you do nothing with it, if you just amen, oh, that was a great revelation, that was a wonderful dream, that was a wonderful word, whatever it was, that was an awesome miracle. If that's all it is, guess what the enemy's going to do? He's going to take it from you. He's going to steal it from you. Because that's what he does. He steals those things from us. The only way he's going to not bear to steal them from us is for us to do something with them. Are y'all, are y'all following this? I'm telling you, this will change your life. That's why it's so important. Here's, let me read some more modern definitions of understanding it means learning, learning, a learning that takes place through your five natural senses. It means doing in the practical human experience what God has revealed to you. Doing in the practical human experience. It means uh, to practice in real life what we have come to know by revelation. To practice in real life what we've come to know by revelation. How many people are doing that? Uh, it, it means to yield to something before you can explain it, define it, or describe it. To yield to something before you can def- explain it, define it, describe it. Uh, because of people's hardness of heart, we refuse to accept things that we can't explain, define, or describe, right? We can't define it, we can't describe it, we can't explain it, so we don't accept it. You know what that means? It means you have a hard heart. Okay? Now, that's the truth. Are y'all all right? Okay. That's the only part of it, though. Now, this is really what it is. Well, it's, it's the, here's the easy example. It's having a, a people in the church, everybody believes in healing, right? Oh, we believe God heals. We believe He heals right now. We've seen God heal, but how many of you are praying for the sick? Now, I'm going to tell you something. If you really believe it and you're not practicing it, you don't really believe it. That's, you're deceived. Now, this, this is where really, that really the Lord got me, okay? It's James 1.22, okay? This is what I call the great deception, and I'm going to tell you something. Everybody in this room has some of this deception operating in them, whether you realize or not. James says, prove yourselves to be doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. Okay? If you don't act on revelation, it will, it's going to remain in your mind, and you are going to be deceived and think that it's active in your life. That's why you can sit there and say amen to healing. 
Do y'all understand that? You can sit there and say amen to him because you think it's active in your life, but the truth is you're deluded. You're deluded. We're deluded. We think we have stuff and we're not doing nothing with it. We really don't have it. It's just locked away in our natural minds. Do y'all follow that? And does that scare you? It should. I mean, it does me. Okay? That's what the Bible calls uh, uh, form without power. Having a form of godliness and no power in your life. It's because we hear stuff, we believe it, we think it's right, we never do anything about it. And it's locked away in our minds, it's locked away in our hearts, and we're deluded. So we're sitting here hearing messages, and we're saying, I wish so-and-so was here to hear this. Have you ever said that? You know what? You know why you're saying it? But the truth is it's not a reality in your life when we do that. See, that's just a sign for us. It's not a reality in our lives. Are y'all following this? So here's, I had this friend of mine, okay, I want to tell you about my friend a few years ago and had lunch with him. Now, he was really trying to be nice with me. This is what he, basically, here's where the conversation went. Byron, I really love you. Now, when anybody tells you that right off the start, you know you're headed for trouble. You know they have a switch in their hand somewhere that they're fixing to pull out. I really love you, and you have a lot of great revelation, okay? But it does not work in my life. There's something wrong with you. That's what he said to me. Now, I'll be honest with you. I was starting to boil on the inside. You know, the temperature was going up. But I didn't boil on the outside. Have you ever did that? You trick the person, be nice, but really, I basically said something like, well, it's not my responsibility, okay? It's not my responsibility for my revelation to work in your life. That's between you and God. It's not between me, you, and God. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with my revelation because it works in my life. But here's the truth about my friend. I later thought about this guy. I thought, and this is really what really helped me with this, is I realize this person is closer to the truth than many of us. And this is why. Because he realized there was something wrong in his life. He realized that he was hearing revelation, he was seeing revelation, but it wasn't doing anything to him. Now, his first response wasn't right, but, you know, everybody, you know, Eve, the woman made me do it. You know, we don't want to, you know, the devil made me do it. We all, that's our first thing is want to blame somebody else. But see, he was seeing something about himself. He was seeing what James was saying. He was deluded. He had this delusion in his mind because he had stuff locked away. But he wasn't doing it himself. Okay? He was on the way to coming into freedom. He was on the way to coming in to really walking in true New Testament power, true New Testament understanding. I thought, well, you know what? He's further down the road than I am in a lot of areas of my life. I'm still deluded in areas. I'm delusional. You know, because I'm hearing things, seeing things, and yeah, amen, thank you, Lord. I'm not doing them. One of the things that I do when I get in trouble spiritually, besides soak, like I go back to the things I know the Lord's told me to do, you know, like go to Walmart and pray for the sick. Not go to church and pray for the sick. Go to Walmart and pray for the sick, where you have to go and speak to strangers, and you know, which really brings me back to reality. Instead of just being a person who wants to say I believe in healing, but I, I can walk by people in wheelchairs and crutches and canes and not have no compassion for them, be just completely. I realize, you know what, my heart's hard. If I'm walking by people like that. There's something wrong with me. I'm being honest with you. 
I'm telling you something. That's what's wrong with a lot of us. I don't want to be preachy at you, but I think that's what's wrong with the church in America. I think we go to church every Sunday, and we hear people preach that really have anointings on them, and we have really great revelation stuff, but we're not doing anything with it. And we walk out the door, and we really don't change. And we get stuff from God ourselves, and we never do anything with it. We gave, Becky was giving it. Here's some examples. This is simple. This is real simple. Everybody's had this happen. I, I, this is happen, starting to happen a lot with me in my life. Is I'll start thinking about somebody. I was thinking about a friend of mine recently. And uh, so here's my action. Instead of just thinking about him, you know, he just popped in my mind. I knew the Lord popped him into my mind. I said, Lord, help him. So I text him and said, I'm, I'm thinking about you and praying about He immediately texted me back. He said, Byron, please for, pray for me right now because I'm in a hearing. My mom died in a house fire four years ago. And I'm in a hearing before the judge today to deal with that. Please pray for me. I don't know what to say. Now, that was revelation from heaven. And I acted on it. It, it doesn't sound like a big thing, but here's what you'll do. Here's what you'll find. If you will act on little things like that, which wasn't so little to him... I had another experience. I thought about another guy. Okay, well, this guy's in Chile. I can't really help him. I mean, I can't text him. I don't know. So I, I emailed someone who met. I said, how's he doing? I got an email back later. He said, he's not doing good at all. He needs prayer on lots of fronts. That little thought that came in my mind was the Holy Spirit trying to tell me. So I acted on it by doing a simple thing. In fact, I was texting, emailing the guy with my iPhone at the lunch table. And Becky was like, why you got to do that at lunch? We're eating lunch. What are you doing? I said, it won't take but a second. But see, if we will begin to act on those little things, God will see that, and he will bring greater and greater and greater and greater revelation to you because he sees there's a heart there that can receive something from him and not just receive it, but do something with it. Act on it. Even if it's a simple act. So everything the Lord gives me, every dream I have, everything, I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. I do some action on it. If the dream is nothing, I'm going to write it down. Lord, will you show me this dream and I'm going to talk to somebody who knows how to interpret. I'm going to act on it. If you will begin to live your life like that, God will begin to show you the spiritual information superhighway that's flowing in this room right now. That's flowing constantly with God's thoughts, God's feelings, God's visions, God's desires that we can tap into. If our hearts are soft, and when our hearts are soft, our minds are open, we can begin to tap into those things, into the heavenly realm. That's how you tap into the heavenly realm. That's how you connect with the heavens. It's real easy. You take what God has shown you, and you do something with it. And you keep doing, you keep doing, you keep doing, and as you do it, God will begin to release more and more. Then you can start having these angelic visitations. You know, you can start having all this stuff, not because it's some kind of thing to play with, because there's something real there. Amen? Now, here's what I want to do. I want to pray for people this morning. But here's the ones I want to pray for. I want to pray for people who feel like your heart's gotten hardened. Okay? Not because of sin. I mean, you need prayer too, but I really want to... Here's what you need to do. You need to repent. I mean, that's real easy. Change your mind. It's the ones who feel like they have given out so much... Okay, they have poured, they've lived out of their heart. Their emotions are worn out. I know how that feels. My heart gets hard like that. It really starts getting hard when I feel like I've given and given and given. It starts hardening because it's been overworked. Not, and I need God to help me with that. I need God to help me when I get in that state. Now, how many people in this room feel like they, you, your heart's got hardened because you've 
because you've been living out of your heart. You've been serving God out of your heart. Anybody? Well, y'all come on up here. I want the ones who do. I want you to come here because I want to pray for you. Because this is really important. This will change your life because you can get back. You've got to get back to hearing God. Somebody told me this. I'm just not connecting with God right now. That's what they said. Now, this is somebody who's real spiritual, okay? I'm just not connecting with God right now. And I said, no wonder you're not connecting with God. Look what you've gone through. Look, what, look at the year you've had. Look at all the emotions you've had to put out this year and pour out this year. You don't think it's not going to affect you? Believe me, it's going to affect you in a big way. And this is what it's going to do. It's going to create calluses on that heart of yours. And, and that's why you're not connecting with God. It's not because you're a bad person. It's because your heart's wore out. And God wants, number one, He wants to soften your heart and get you back into a place where you can begin to receive the seed of heaven into your life. I'm talking about the invisible seed, the power seed that can change your life. Honey, would you come in and help me pray for people? Okay, what we want to do is release that to you. It's a gift. I'm telling you it's a gift. God wants to apply His lotion to your heart to heal your heart, to get the calluses off of it so you can begin to receive from Him again. But here's what you've got to do. You've got to do something with what He's showing you. And I would go back to the last thing you know the Lord's showing you and act on it in some way, in some practical way. Go back and act on what He's showing you. And when you do that, I promise you, God will do His part. He will he'll show you more and more and more.